Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRR. I'm Alex Gary. And I'm Bobby Howe, and I cannot stop laughing. I did a good job of not yelling. Welcome. We are in studio today. What is this thing? I know. Wow. There's soundproofing in here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We could actually, I could just like put my head against the wall and take a nap. I know. It's nice and soft. It's amazing. It is amazing. Guys, it feels so good to be in person. It does feel good to be in person. It's way better. Plus, we can harass Amber a little bit better when she's like right there. It is more fun to harass Amber, although we did a good job of it via Zoom, too. Yeah. Yeah. Being in front of all these microphones mm-hmm. makes me want to talk about uh, one of the gifts that Charlie got. Okay. Um, over uh, Christmas, which was a karaoke machine. Oh. Um, thanks to my in-laws. And at first, I was a little pissed at mm-hmm. my in-laws because, you know, um, karaoke machines have microphones and my child isn't quiet, which I, I don't think is a surprise to anybody. She's loud um, without a microphone. Microphones make her uh, intolerable. Um, so, uh, but Apple is an incredible product, right? Or an incredible company. Right. And they uh, rolled out a new part of their Apple Music product that takes the voices out of songs. Oh. So now just about any song, not every song, okay. just about any song allows you to remove the vocals. Mm-hmm. It is so cool. So you can make any song a karaoke song. Yeah. And so now uh, Charlie's present became my present. And I spent last night for about two hours just singing karaoke for my daughter and she enjoyed it it was fun uh but it's now mine but did she enjoy it she did yeah she danced and did the whole thing and like sang with me a couple days it was it was a lot of fun so you've taken your child's present and made it your present yeah and now i like it this is like the exact opposite of last year when i got my christmas present from my parents which was a horrible present and then we returned it Got a gift card, and while I was away on one of my va- one of my vacations, one of my work trips, um, it turned into an Oculus for my son. <laughs> and I came back to like, what? That was our present. No, no, now it's my son's Oculus. <laughs> so it's just the you know what is mine is yours, yeah. yours is mine. Too. Exactly. Um, is Alex eight? Alex is ten. Alex is ten. Ten guys, he is ten. That's mind-blowing He got a phone when he turned 10. Like, 12 was my number, but now all of his friends have phones, and, like, he goes and plays at my dad's house or somewhere else, and, like, it's just easier to to communicate with him if he's got a phone. He can text me. He can do whatever, all those things, and we can even communicate back and forth all day long. And so not when he's in school because the phone stays at home, but – it's just weird. Like, how old was he when he was like hanging out in this room? Like, would that be six? Yeah. I feel like he was five, though. Yeah, I'm, but we haven't been doing it for four Look years. At Amber, Amber, but I swear he was like. He must have been seven. I guess. I don't know. I can't math right now. It's still oh a little. I have not had enough caffeine to math right now, so it's crazy. I know. It's to, uh, kids grow up, and he's mm. got so. We just moved into a new house um, over the holiday break. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. Um, but he's got his, he got like grown up bedroom furniture. Like he's got yeah. like his own, a queen bed now. And he's got all these things. Um, so is he in the bedroom that uh, that Ron Burgundy occupied when he lived in that house? Um, no, I'm not <laughs> sure who occupied that room. Um, 
I have lots of questions about lots of things in that house. <laughs> However, something that I have learned that it's like a real estate lesson, and I think I talked about this on a podcast when it initially happened, was um, a year and a half ago during the summer, I sold a home that had bats in the attic. Oh, yeah. And, and that's when I discovered that bats are a federally protected species. Right. You can't remove them during the summer. You have to wait until fall. Well, I learned something else about bats because my new home has bats. Bats not only are federally protected during the summer, they're also federally protected in the winter because they hibernate. Mm. And so I have bats in my attic, and I cannot remove said bats from my attic until spring gets here. Mm. You have two little tiny windows in the year that should you happen to get bats in your house that you can then get them out of the house. So have you laid like tarp in the attic to catch all of their like toxic poo? It's called guano. Right. And no, it just we the, the I've already reached out to his name is Batman. He's out of Omaha. He comes down to, to St. Joe. I don't know if he comes all the way down to Kansas City, but our Kansas City options were pretty much not exceptional. So if somebody yeah. that's listening would like to be a sponsor and you're really good at bats, let me know. Um, however, uh, I reached out to him and he'll come down and he has a special machine to suck up all the guano out of the insulation and do all of that. I'm wow. kind of hoping since they're hibernating, maybe they don't have as much guano. I don't I don't know how. I really do do bears. I usually don't poop when I'm asleep, so. I mean, so I have usually. no idea how this works. <laughs> so it's, it's it's interesting to me that I keep learning all these new things about bats, and I am just keep wondering what the next thing I'm going to yeah. learn about a bat inside a house. Like, I've done real estate, like, literally my entire life, and yet here we are still learning things. That, that's what happens. It, it is what happens. Every time we think we know everything, we discover there's something else to learn. Crazy bats. It's crazy bats. It's crazy it's, bats. It's bat stuff crazy. It's bat guano crazy. It's guano crazy. Why doesn't anybody say guano crazy? Crickets, everyone. Oh, Crickets. no. But, like, shouldn't that be, like, I mean, whatever. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You do need more coffee. I do need, oh, my gosh. If you didn't gosh. think that was funny. Wow. Maybe it's just because it's been so long since we've been together. That's the, the whole yeah, in-person thing. Bobby and I'm just think I'm funny I anymore. Quite, I, I still think that you have some humor bummer. to you. <laughs> Bobby doesn't like me anymore. I do still like you. <laughs> and I love you, too, because you're Aww. my friend. It's true. Who are, we, who are we talking to today? Oh, we're bringing on my buddy Kyle Neiman. Kyle Neiman. Oh, my gosh. He's bringing him in while we're in the middle of recording. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure Josh knows not to open the door while we're recording. It was right on cue. Where's the on-air light? Apparently not working. No, it's working. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is is Kyle. But we're not to that part yet. We we just started. Yeah, I mean, now, Kyle, you're going to have to sit through a book bit, okay? Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey. Okay, so we're going to do this quickly since our dear friend Kyle is here with us now getting to witness a book bit. You are the first outsider to witness a book bit. Just, oh, my God. I, I'm really honored with that. By the way, that's Kyle. All right, here we go. <laughs> we don't have to do the whole, let's go get Kyle and bring him in. No, we Kyle, really, we got Kyle. Kyle we got Kyle's Kyle. here. We no didn't one even knows have to who Kyle, Kyle is yet, but we got Kyle because we were getting ready to say who Kyle was and then. Kyle just magically walked through the door. All right, focus, Bobby. My book bit for today is The How of Happiness. And it's a book by Sonia. I'm not going to say her last name because I'm going to butcher it really bad. Is there an E at the end of how? 
there is no E at the end of how oh. in the how of happiness. So the, the book, The How of Happiness, it talks about the natures of happiness as well as its relationship to our mental health. And we know that mental health is really important, especially in the winter months. So the quote from the book that I really like is, nothing in life is as important as you think it is while you're thinking about it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I see you processing it. I I waited. I paused there for a second. So the three lessons from the book are, lesson number one, genes play a huge role in our optimism levels, but our thoughts can make or break our happiness. So the book talks about that our genetic makeup creates a baseline for our happiness, and our DNA determines whether we're more likely to be optimistic or pessimistic. But even though our genes play a role in our dopamine levels, it's our thoughts that actually make us feel happy happy or sad. So if you're always thinking negatively, your body gets that message to release cortisol, which is known as the stress hormone, which then just becomes a vicious cycle. The second lesson in the book is certain practices can make you happy and science has proven it. Studies have shown that when we're grateful, we tend to be happier because it reminds us of how much we have to be thankful for. But there is this fine line between being grateful and being overwhelmed. And that's why researchers suggest practicing gratitude regularly, but with a limit. Researchers found that focus groups who journaled once per week felt the happiest amongst all participants. And they talk about in the book that um, there can be this thing where you can practice gratitude too often and it becomes overwhelming always coming up with something. So that's why they suggest once a week because you have to find that balance where you practice what you love, but not in a way that makes you bored or burdened by it. Mm. And then in the third lesson in the book is that there's a scientific way to become happier and includes a series of activities to pursue. Many people think that happiness is a state of mind, but it's much more complicated than that. And it's a combination of circumstances, experiment, experiments, experiences, and even genetics, which means there's many things you can do to increase your level of happiness in your life. And there's a lot of ways to become happier, such as doing physical exercise. Um, I recently joined a group where we're required to run one mile per day and then post a selfie back in the group. And just getting out there for nine to 10 minutes per day has already in the last three weeks made a huge um, difference even in my own happiness levels and just feeling contented. Um, Practicing meditation, engaging in religious or spiritual observances, or just even improving your relationships with friends are all ways to help you become happier. And that's a scientific fact. And that is my book bit, The How of Happiness. Great book bit. It was a really good book. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, so should we go get Kyle? We should totally get Kyle. Oh, hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. There you are. (laughs) So nice to see you. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk. We have our guest, Kyle Neiman, here with us today. And Kyle is our brand new, right out of the box, HMLS president. We are so excited to have you here. But since Alex is immediate past president, I'm going to let you just, like, literally hand the torch over to him. Oh, here. Here's the torch. Ow, flame. Oh, wow. You hurt him. You burned him. Now you have to stay president for one more year. No, 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 no. How are you, Cal? Do you feel good today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah? Are you feeling presidential? Yeah. You know, I woke up January 1st and it was just like, boom, president. You know, I they can't see you, but I probably need to let them know that you you decided to wear a powdered wig, and I, I need you to know that that's not a requirement uh, for this role, um, and uh, y- you look pretty doofy. 
that's not what you told me last month. Exactly. Oh, okay. You were hazing him. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> I apologize. No, you don't. It's okay. I'll take it off here. <laughs> well, seriously, how, how how are you feeling? Like, what are your what are your first thoughts like coming into your first meeting at Heartland MLS? Like, what's your what what are you doing? I feel good. I. I I mean, we've got a great foundation. We've done so much over the last few years that we just need to keep it moving. Yeah. And that's that's our goal is to to continue to move forward and not just sit in our laurels and say, this is good enough. We're always out there looking for what's next, what's what's good, improving what we already have. And we purchased Remind. We're going to add on to that and do a lot of stuff with that. So. Yeah. Well, what's really cool about your like where you are in the cycle, we just established a new strategic plan last year. So really, you're at year one of our new strategic plan. So you get to start implementing a whole host of new things that we came up with last May. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, great. Now you've stressed him out and he's going to go run away crying. Good job, Alex. Way to go. I think it's exciting. No, it it, it really is exciting. Kyle, for those in our real estate community who don't know who you are, because you're sometimes a little behind the scenes guy. Like, I love you because you're just always, you make everybody else look amazing while being amazing yourself. Tell us a little bit about your journey into real estate. Some of the other things you do, you can talk about the fancy ring because I love the ring. Um, and tell us a little bit about your journey just to becoming HMLS president. So I got my real estate license a little over 10 years ago, was in the pet industry. So I'm a big dog, cat person. I, I got a cat and I'm still trying to adopt him out 13 years later. So my dog- How's that my, working out for you? I, I'm pretty sure he's mine. Okay. So uh, my, my first dog was uh, My Girl Friday and she passed away. And then I got uh, Saturday, I inherited him. He was under one of our delivery trucks. And, and then I got another black lab named uh, Sunday Funday. So I've got the weekend covered. Um, but you'll see me posting about animals for adoption and, and all those fun things. And so um, they're pretty they're pretty fun. I, I was woke up this morning and one was on one side of me, one was on the other, and I couldn't <laughs> get out of the blankets. So you had to stay. I had to stay. Aww. I stayed in bed a little extra long. So yeah. Um, so got my license uh, 10 years ago, sold for about six or seven years and did a little bit of coaching and um, got into um, a tech role with Keller Williams. So I, I work with four Keller Williams offices here in Kansas City and uh, help the agents develop their technology and their, use the technology to grow their businesses. So um, do a lot of that and just really kind of, like you said, be the back end support. I, this is my first podcast I'm a guest on, but I've produced a whole bunch of them. <laughs> what what I love, though, is that in your role with your tech support, you see the best and the worst of everyone. Like, you fix things, and ah, everything's amazing. And then when something's broke, like, you've got to be that call. And you are. You're a very calm person who's just like, the world isn't on fire. We're going to fix this. You'll repeat yourself 75 times, and you never even roll your eyes. Like, I repeat myself a second time, and I'm just done, and I, I walk away. So. You just have an amazing presence to yourself. Well, thank you. And, and I. This hope, will be very important in your role as HMLS president. That's what I, say. I hope to bring that to, to, the, to the role of president as well because we just, you know, we can't get excited about a lot of stuff. We can't control a lot that's of things right. that happen to us. We can't control mm-hmm. interest rates. We can't control software vendors. That's why we took control of some of our software is we need, we need to have that control over things. And, and to look at it you know, objectively and say, you know, we can't look at, at and get emotional about why did this happen – we should need to look at how can we make it good going forward. Yeah. How did you get started in your leadership journey? How did you make that transition, for, you know, from agent to, to um, tech support, but then to be in the HMLS side of things and get involved with KCRER? So I started uh, with YPN. 
uh, I got my license in 2012 and then was on the committee in 2013 and was the vice chair in 2014 and got to be the committee chair in 2015. And that was our fifth year. We got to do a really fun uh, fifth year uh, birthday party. So um, for those of you that have been around a while, you remember that party that we that were all... That was my first year involved in committees. We were all superheroes. It was yeah. a superhero party. It was really cute. Yeah. What do five-year-olds do? Right. There were masks. And yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was at Boulevard. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was a fun event. Um, and then, I still have the glasses. Right. We got Boulevard glasses mm-hmm. with the logo on them um, and then got involved with um, some other things. I was the uh, Kansas Advocacy. It's the vice chair and chair. And then in 2018, got appointed to the MLS board. So... Um, I think, Bobby, you were one of the people on KCR at that point that mm-hmm. uh, said, Kyle, we're going to take a chance on you and appointed me and served on the MLS board for uh, three years and then was uh, elected treasurer by the board la- uh, two years ago and president-elect last year and now this year president. So I walked in and saw my picture. It's a little creepy to see your picture at the top of that chain. <laughs> it's totally creepy <laughs> to see your picture. It's like my eyes are watching me every time I move. It's fine. But I'm really glad we took a chance on you and – You've shown some amazing leadership skills, and I'm really excited for what you're going to bring this year. One of the really fun things about Kyle is when we travel and we go to CMLS and and we go to these different vendor meetings, by the end of every vendor meeting that we have, the vendor wants to hire Kyle. Uh, Yes. Because Kyle asks some really good questions that aren't usually on the rest of our minds. And uh, by the end of it, they're like, what? can can we have your email address? Can we ask you a few more questions? You know, and it just seems like everybody wants to hire Kyle. So mm-hmm. he's a uh, he's a really sharp guy, and you, you very clearly uh, with the way that uh, agents come to you about technology, you have a ton of uh, intel about what an agent is looking for in that tech, um, and so you're in a perfect role. Well, well, I think I'm unique in in a tech role. Is most of you're the just unique. People, Let's just stop it right yeah, there. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, is most tech people don't have a real estate background. Right. And I've done almost 100 transactions before I really slowed down about three or four years ago. And so I have that real estate experience on top of being able to explain the tech and even the why behind it. Because it's not just important to say, hey, let's do this, but why do we need to do that? Right. Right. Well, let's talk about a couple of other things really quickly. So, so we're talking a little bit about – I want to go back to some personal stuff. And it's relevant to oh, right Lord. now. I'm, I'm a little scared. You should it's be scared. relevant to right now. But you worked for Arrowhead Stadium and the K just, as well. Just the Royals. Just yeah. the Royals. Just the Royals. Okay, yeah. okay. Like, all right. I was like, I did, since when did you start working at Arrowhead? I, did, cool. I wasn't sure. Okay, so you, but you worked so you worked at the K. Yes. What did you do? So I ran the 50-50 raffle for Royals Charities for six years, and they happened to be some of the best uh, years of Royals baseball. So um, started in 2013. I had volunteered out there since since I moved to Kansas City in 2001 and um, started real estate. And they said, hey, we're going to have a paid position. Are you interested in that? And I said, sure. You know, I'm getting started in real estate. It was a nice little evenings and, and so, you know, nice little extra thing and didn't realize that uh, we were going to be so good in 14 and 15 and – um, Bobby likes to bring this up. I, I have a World Series ring. The yeah. Royals, um, as as uh, you know, a great organization, the Royals uh, gifted their supervisors, and and that level uh, rings. They're not quite like the player rings. There's you know no real diamonds or anything like that. But uh, I do have a World Series ring with my with my name on it, and a 2014 ALCS uh, ring with my name on it. So so cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. He likes to bring it out at the parties because it's fun. Because everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so yeah. much fun, and it isn't. It doesn't matter that it's not real diamonds. It's a real it's, World it's Series a real ring. ring. Yep. Yeah. 
Very so, few people. At my high school, actually, there's two people with World Series rings. Really? Uh, me and Alex Gordon. Alex Gordon went to my high school. He's a few years younger than me, but we both went to the same high school. So Wow. That's a fun yeah. fact. That is. Did you know him? I didn't. He was, he was probably five years younger than me. Oh, okay. God, you're old. I know, right? Um, <laughs> shut up. You start to fall apart at a certain age. I don't know anything about falling apart. I am not falling apart in any way, shape, or form. So, so like, what are some trends? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, thank you for getting hit. away from Bobby being the <laughs> oldest person in the room. I don't know if you're... I am older than Kyle. Are you? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry, Bobby. We're both in our late 20s, right, Bobby? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is coming uh, in terms of real estate technology? What do you, where do you see the world coming? Going, rather. That's a great question. I think, I think a lot of it's going back to the basics. Yeah. I think somebody asked me last month what the best, what the best technology was. I, I held my phone. I said, it's the phone. Because people still work with people they know, like, and trust. There's, there's that relationship that has to happen before people will work with a realtor. And people say that, you know, oh, Zillow's this over here. But if you look at when Zillow started, the, the percentage of people using a realtor is actually higher now that's right. than it was before Zillow started. So they've actually helped people get connected to realtors and help realtors build that relationship. So I think that's it. I think I think better better CRMs that that allow that connection that that do the reminders that you know you still have to do the work. You can't just rely on technology to send a text and an email. Mm-hmm. You have to pick up the phone and call and you have to have good content and you have to have stuff that people are interested in. I think the marketing is going to get more and more personalized. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just send a newsletter to everybody. You have to have some personalization. That you have to have some stuff that's that's unique to them. Uh, being able to send stuff that's about their neighborhood. Being able to se- send stuff that's that's about them. You know, I, I always when I'm teaching, I use the example of being a, a Chiefs fan. You know, one spouse is a Chiefs fan and one spouse is into cooking. You can have a video that you get a chef that does that says, "Here's how to travel with food," and you can send that to the tailgating people. Hey, here's how to keep your tailgating food fresh. The Chiefs fans. Cooking people, hey, you're traveling to events and want your food to, to taste fantastic when you get there. That same video could be used twice, but how you send it out to the, the people there and how you've segmented your database makes it a lot more personalized to them. I think what you're saying is people are actually going to have to know how to do relationship sales again. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think the market's not really shifting. It's normalizing. Mm-hmm. Right. Getting back to a little bit more normal market. You know, I look at a lot. I'm, I'm a numbers nerd. Right. I look at a lot of data. And if you look at when the stimulus checks came out and when we had the most sales, they almost correspond about two to three months after those stimulus checks. So I think we superheated the market a little bit with those stimulus checks. And now we're back to a more typical market. So you're saying the stimulus checks did what they were supposed to do the, in stimulating the economy? They did. Whoa. And we know that on a typical sale, there's 60,000 plus dollars that that trickle through different mm-hmm. aspects of that sale. And so it really, that's part it of the does. reason they want it. Yeah. They, they know that housing really drives a lot of the economy. You know, the thing that it feels like for the last 20 years in real estate, the conversation every year is what technology is going to change the way we do business or what's the new thing. And every single time we ask that question, the answer is almost always back to the basics relationship building, knowing how to speak with other people. It's the technology has become something to enhance the way we do our business, but it's not replacing the way we do business. And we need to finally, I believe, accept that, that 
real estate will always be a relationship be business. People want to do business with those they know, like, and trust. That's never going to change. Yep. And and we, we we're dealing with some of their biggest assets. Yeah. When we look at you know when I started ten years ago, I was like, do I really need to put my picture on my card? And when you look at it, the people that put their pictures on the cards are the people that are dealing with their with with people's biggest things in their lives: the insurance agents, the the um, the realtors, the the. There's somebody else I'm thinking on top of my head. I can't think of it. But those people are the ones that you want to know who you're working with. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that that the the mortgage people, the lenders, the local ones tend to get more of the business than the online ones just because there's that relationship there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really funny you bring that up, the, the, the pictures on business cards. I actually made a concerted effort a few years ago to remove my photo from my business card, but it was because I had a stalker through real estate. And I was like, you know what? I really don't want people to see what my face looks like. But <laughs> it it has become a conversation point yeah. multiple times over the years because it's like, well, I don't know. If I see your business card, I don't know who that human being is. And people do want to relate and know who that other person is, not just a name. I think the technology that is going to change is how we, how we market our, our listings and how we – really work with our buyers. I think we have that opportunity to really advance that technology to have a better buyer packet when we're going to a house, we can have better technology there. And when we're doing marketing, we're going to create the technology that makes that job a little bit easier to do where, where stuff is integrated a lot more into the MLS. Yeah. Right. Because the MLS has all that data. You know, I think that's where we're going to be able to create some some efficiencies, create some changes that for the better. I think that's a great point, Kyle. I think it's all about what happens after we're already in the door. It's yep. not about getting us to the door. Mm-hmm. It's what happens after you're in the door. And, and I think that's critical. Yep. And we're all worried about these online lead companies. If we take care of our clients and we provide them value to the people that we know, yeah. they're not going to go onto any online portal and fill out information. Even if they accidentally do, they're going to go, I already have a realtor. We exactly. Just, we can't be secret agents. We have to just be out there reminding people who are in real estate, providing value, and just not just posting a picture of a house, but providing value beyond that on all our social media. Great points, Kyle. Kyle, earlier you mentioned um, HMLS and Remind. What are some of the latest technology offerings from HMLS that we have for all of our members that they may or may not have clicked the I've read this button when they logged <laughs> into the MLS, but they really have no clue everything that we're offering them right now? So I think Remind's the biggest one. Remind has a great way to, to uh, prospect and even includes the do not call list because one of the things that, we, that they're looking at very very closely with realtors is how we operate, how we do business. And if we continue to violate that do not call list, I did not know this, but they can set rules for for industries that they can't make outbound sales calls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we continue to push and push and push that boundary, we're going to be on that list that we can't actually make an outbound sales call to someone we don't have a relationship with. And so I think making sure we're following those rules. And um, I asked a question at a a retreat uh, said, "Where's real estate? You know, where, where's lead gen in five years?" And the, the nationally known person said, "It's going to be all online. Mm-hmm. It's going to be through social media, through through advertisements, and all that stuff. It's hmm. not going to be through through phone calls." There was a great article um, in Inman, I think it was just a week or so ago, about cold calling and is cold calling dead. And when you get to reading through it, cold calling is dead, but not in all of the ways. It's more of that going and establishing relationships with people and knowing that we got to meet someone the first time somewhere. But it's not just the cold calling itself. It is more going back to those relationships. And and the technology is getting that much better that there is – on my iPhone, if I get an unsolicited text, I can mark it as junk. 
and Apple and the yeah. carriers are starting to block those numbers that mm -hmm. you can't send those unsolicited texts anymore because there's an easy, quick ability to, to do that. Before, you'd have to go some other website. And oh, a it's bunch a, it was always a hassle. Oh, yeah. And now it's flipped yep. to delete it. And do you want to mark this as junk? And it's like, right. yeah. And, and so, you know, the more we do that, the more often we're going to, you know, the more often that that happens, the less that the text and stuff like that's going to get used because it's just not going to be efficient. Right. So, Kyle, thinking back on our strategic plan a little bit, which I know was a while ago, so you're going to have to dig deep down. What are some Whoa. goals that, that you have uh, for HMLS uh, this year? So I think the, the biggest part of our strategic plan is, is cooperation and data sharing. I think we can look at partnering with other MLSs around Kansas and Missouri and being able to expand the, the ability to see listings in other parts of the, of the state and maybe even make it easier for somebody that has a, uh, is a member of multiple boards to only have to enter their listing once and it goes to all those different associations right. and making that a little bit easier. Um, I know we're looking at the possibility of, of data sharing with, uh, with a bunch of countries in South America. You know, that's something that might be coming down the road where on our MLS you can actually send listings in South America to your client that's looking to buy in a country down there. And then have the realtor and be able to build a referral basis off of that. So I think that's the big thing that, that we need to look at. How can we either data share or um, shared services that we provide the MLS for other smaller associations that allow that to enter the, the listing once and it's, it's segregated that maybe there's only, you know, you're only a member of KCRR, only, the, only it goes there. But if you're a member of another one, it goes to that one as well. I think that there's a lot there, and it's hard for agents to understand why that kind of thing is going to benefit them. But when you start thinking about what has to happen in this industry, it's that. It's the only way that we can continue to provide uh, you know, the economies of scale that we do. Well, yeah. I think it's the Zillow effect. They, people can go one place and search all across the country. Right. That needs to happen with RMLS that our, our, our agents can provide if they have a – license in Kansas, they can provide services anywhere in Kansas, but if they're not a member of all these different MLSs, it just doesn't work that well. There are definitely a lot of different opinions on this. Uh, what's always funny also while traveling with Kyle, Kyle and I tend to be on, on similar wavelengths on on what needs to happen in the industry and where, where things ought to go. And what's interesting is we're usually uh, the people in the room that uh, are definitely not necessarily in sync with <laughs> with some of the others but, but when you're when you're it's it's really interesting how uh people i think what's what's a huge benefit of somebody like kyle being in uh in the president role is that we're not thinking about safeguarding things right we're, we're that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that we don't value what we have but we're not worried about uh, for instance, you've mentioned multiple times. You know, we're not we're not concerned about lead gen companies. We're not worried about all of these different things that could come up and be potential disruptors. You're looking at the best way to advance the industry. Period, and and I think that that's really a, a huge benefit. It's because you both come from an abundance mindset and not a scarcity based mindset. Right. It's and that's what is so critical in this industry is because we have way too many people that just lead with that scarcity mindset. When it's looking at that, you know, our, our consumer is our agents, but their consumer is the end, the buyers and sellers. Our our decisions impact our agents, which impact their buyers and sellers. We have to look at that entire line, not right. just that 
mm-hmm. our relationship with our realtors. And in this world, if we're not the best and we're not developing uh, the largest footprint possible, somebody else will be. Yep. Is. And it that's it. Is. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think, Alex, one of the interesting things that, we, that we've noticed is, you know, we're joking about being old, but in the industry, we're actually really young. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We go to these events and we sit in these breakout sessions with other MLS boards and they're, they're all considerably older than us. So I think we, we're not set in our ways. We're not like, hey, we've done it this way for 20 years. We have to do it that way. We're, we're willing to take a look at things and evaluate things and really look at them from a, from a different perspective than, than this is the way we've always done it. And it's not change for change's sake. It's asking questions and coming from curiosity just to figure out, is there a better way to do That's things? Right. And maybe you'll discover, no, this way that we've always been doing things, that is the way. We, just like talking about going back to the basics. That still works, but there may be other things that we can at least question why we've always done things that way and at least get an answer of the why. That's right. We're running up towards the end of our time, and I want to be respectful for your time and what we've asked of you. So my last question that I always have for guests is, what else? What else should we have asked you? What else do you want to talk about? What do you want to leave us with? I think you kind of hit it at the end is, is ask questions. Don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. I, I think our board this year is you know, excited that I'm not – that I am president because I can't ask as many questions. The comedians <laughs> might be a little bit shorter because I'm not asking all the questions. But, but The bad news is that I can again. Oh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> One two punch. Uh, Alex, ask this question. <laughs> Texting. Yeah. Uh, I have never texted someone from across the table and asked them to ask a question that I couldn't ask. That's never happened. Uh, but I think that's I think that's in and get involved. I mean, it's it's not our MLS. It's not Alex's and mine's and our board's MLS. It's your MLS as, as realtors. Get involved and and get involved with the association. Get involved and and be involved with stuff and, and help make decisions. Go to the events and. And enjoy, you know, Realtor Day at the K and make those connections because I've got some great friends right across the table from me that that none of us are at the same company, but we're all great friends That's because right. we have a common connection of caring about realtors in general. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Kyle. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for being an in-studio guest. This has just Boom. been so much fun. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. Yeah.